Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. Thank you so much for stopping by. I plan to be here for the next 30 minutes, and I certainly hope you'll be able to spend the time with me as we discuss the Mass readings for the second Sunday of Lent. Now, you're going to like this theme. The theme this week, at least when I prayed over the readings, when I looked at at all the readings, this is the theme that I came up with. Death is defeated. We're going to see different examples in the readings from this Mass of how ultimately, you know, during Lent, much of our focus is on the death of our Lord, but we can't forget the fact that Good Friday is not the end of the story. Certainly, we're called to to fast, to do some sacrifice, to unite our suffering with the suffering of the Lord, but we got to remember that we are ultimately headed toward Easter Sunday. Jesus will rise again. And that's important for us to recognize even during the Lenten season. So I hope you can settle in and um, we're going to pray in just a couple of minutes. And then we will take a look at these mass readings for the second Sunday of Lent. I hope your Lent is going well so far. I hope you're, um, you know, but you got a lot of time left. Don't panic if you don't feel that you're making the progress you'd like to make. Let's leave that up to the Holy Spirit in the meantime. We will just keep working toward that goal of growing closer to the Lord throughout the Lenten season and let the Holy Spirit do the work necessary for that to to happen. You and me, we're in charge of putting in the effort. The Holy Spirit is in charge of the results. And that's hard to remember sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to remember that we are called not to necessarily achieve a certain result during Lent, but we're called to put in the effort. So let's settle in now. Let's recognize that we are in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, and let's speak to Him. Let's ask for the help that we need to um, to make the best use of our time together. So we'll begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for being present with us, Father. We're so grateful that not only that you adopted us as your sons and your daughters, but the fact that you always make time for us. So we thank you, Father, for being here. We thank you for allowing us to express our needs to you, to express thanksgiving to you, to, to, to acknowledge your greatness. All of these things, you have plenty of time to listen to us. and You give us that opportunity to converse with you. So we do that now, Father. We praise you for your power. We praise you for your 
unending love. We praise you for the grace that you continually shower us with. We thank you for all of the many things you have done throughout history for your people, including us. We, we ask you, Father, to bless us today and our families and our friends. We pray for all those who are hurting in any way. We pray for those who are lonely, those who are grief-stricken, those who are, are desperate, or maybe hopeless or suicidal even today. We pray for all those people. We pray for anybody who is completely lost, who might be searching for you, Father, and who doesn't have a relationship with you. We pray that that can come about beginning today. We pray, Father, for our Lenten journey, that we can draw closer to you through a closer union with your Son, Jesus. And Father, I ask you today to give me the words that I can speak your message. Give me the words today that I'm supposed to deliver on this program. And please, Father, open all of our hearts and all of our minds to accept your message, to hear it, and to put it into practice in our lives. Father, I ask you these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who is your Son and our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't it great that we can pray together? That's one of my favorite parts of this show, the fact that you and I can turn to our Father in heaven. We, you and I may be separated by hundreds, if not even thousands of miles, but yet we can unite in prayer with our Father in heaven, and I'm very grateful for that. All right, so um, we're in Lent now, and again, if you're just tuning in, my name is Gary Zimek. We come your way this week, uh, each week at this time, or not at this time, whenever you're listening, (laughs) we're available in podcast or over the air. Uh, so depending on how you're listening, we might be, you might be listening at different times. But the point is, I come to you each week for 30 minutes as we look at the, the, the Sunday Mass readings. Um, I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. I want to mention a few things. First of all, this is my extensive travel season. So if you would kindly keep me in your prayers, I would greatly appreciate it. Right now, as you listen to this, I'm in the midst of delivering five Lenten parish missions across the United States, so your prayers would be certainly appreciated. I'm going to do my best to record these shows when I am home, when I have the time to do it, so that we can continue with this program, but I would really appreciate your prayers. Be assured of my prayers for you as well. I am praying that this is going to be the best Lent you have ever experienced. If you have not yet signed up for my daily email reflections, I would recommend that you do that, especially if you're participating in Give Up Worry for Lent. Um, I mentioned on the show before, but I'll mention it again. The book that I wrote in 2019, that's the basis of my parish missions, that is, uh, it, it just continues. The book just continues to sell more and more copies. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to help draw others to Jesus through this idea of giving up worry. Um, my daily email reflections, typically it's called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. During Lent, though, as you may know if you're a subscriber, I shift to a give up worry for Lent theme. And what I do is, I, I focus on the daily reflections in Give Up Worry for Lent, and then I talk a little bit about them, give you a little more information. So if you would like to participate and join us, boy, I'm at a record number of daily email subscribers. It costs you nothing. All you need to do is go to followingthetruth.com if you have not yet signed up, 
And you'll see over on the right-hand side of any page of the website, on the right-hand side, the second button down says something to the effect of subscribe to Gary's daily email reflection. Just click on that. Or sometimes it might be an automatic process where you'll automatically get the, the window, which will pop up. You supply your email address. That's all you need to do. You can optionally put your name in, but you don't have to. Click submit, and you will get an email from me once each day. The emails are very easy to read. I don't keep them too long. If you want to unsubscribe, you can do that at any time. There's absolutely no cost involved with that. You can also pick up a copy of Give Up, Worry for Lent and all of my books by going to my website, followingthetruth.com, and you can purchase them there. I have links to Amazon for each of my books. And uh, I also want to remind you that I do a, a daily Monday through Friday podcast that's only five minutes long where I look at the daily mass readings. Five minutes each day. You can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to this via a podcast service, it'll be available there. The show is called Following the Truth with Gary Zimak. You can get that. Or you can find out more about that at the website, my website, followingthetruth.com. I tell you all this because I want you to know something. I am walking with you. You and I, we are walking together. We're trying to get closer to the Lord. We're trying to make it to heaven. And as long as we keep following Jesus, we're going to make it there. That's important to remember, that hope that heaven is completely attainable. We just need to follow Jesus and listen to what he says. And at the same time, cooperate with the grace that he wants to give us to help us. We do that, we are going to be all set for heaven. You know, that's what Lent's all about. Lent's a time where we just look at our lives and we reflect on the maybe the ways that we have departed from the Lord. Maybe we've, we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Certainly idea of the idea of giving up worry for Lent is a means to just draw closer to the Lord. When we worry, we kind of pull ourselves away from him. We we do what Jesus told us not to do. He said, don't worry. So, you know, whether it's sinful or not, I'm not going to go there. Sometimes it could possibly be. Sometimes it isn't. But the point is, Jesus said, do not worry. So if we're striving to get closer to him during Lent, that's one way to do it, to try to break free from worry with his help and surrender to his will for our lives. You don't have to be doing that. You could be giving up numerous things which may allow you to unite your suffering with the suffering of Jesus and also to to free yourself from the many distractions and attachments we have in this life. The whole point of Lent is going into the desert, that place free from distractions, and making an effort to draw closer to the Lord. That's the point of it, and I'm, I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. If you have any questions at any time, even when I'm traveling, just send me an email at gary at followingthetruth.com. All right, let's get to these readings now. Again, we are on the second Sunday of Lent. To sort of frame this and keep it, to give you an idea of where we stand in the, in the whole Lenten season, there are five Sundays in Lent. The sixth Sunday, after that, that fifth Sunday of Lent, is Palm Sunday, and then we enter into Holy Week. Following Sunday after that is Easter. So this is where we are. We are at the second Sunday of Lent, and this week we are going to acknowledge the fact that Jesus defeated death. Death is defeated by our Lord. 
So let's take a look at that now. As we, as we always do in the program, we're going to read the gospel first, and then we will look at the other readings, which back up the gospel. Uh, the gospel this week is, and, and one thing I want to point out, this, is, this Lenten season is unlike ordinary time in that all of these readings, the first reading, the responsorial psalm, the second reading, and the gospel, they are all chosen specifically by the church to lead us down a certain path. During ordinary time, that's not always the case. The gospel and the second reading just proceed sequentially. That's not the case during Lent. These are handpicked by the church because the church wants to kind of guide us down a, a specific path to help us during Lent. So the gospel this week comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain, apart by themselves. And one of the neat things about this is last week we went into the desert with Jesus. We're invited to go into the desert, that place of quiet, solitude, free from distractions, where we can better hear the Lord speak. Today we go high up on the mountain, but you notice this common theme is Jesus. He's there, taking Peter, James, and John, the inner circle of apostles, apart to be with him on the top of the mountain. And again, we can look at it as being free from distractions. Last week, the focus was on on the desert, on earth, trying to break free from all of the temptations. Now today, we go up on the mountain, which typically symbolizes heaven. So we are getting a glimpse into heaven with Peter, James, and John. All right, Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. What was happening here was Jesus was giving his three of his apostles a glimpse of what he would look like in heaven. They were getting an insight into heaven and what awaited them in the future. They were going to have to go through some rough things, including the crucifixion of Jesus, but and their own problems as well. But this was giving them a glimpse of what awaited them. And that's why I made that point at the beginning. Yes, we want to focus on what our Lord suffered. We want to, we want to keep the concentration on suffering, on Good Friday, but it doesn't end there. There is life after death, and Jesus established that forth for us. So don't lose sight of the fact that heaven is real. And this earthly life is not the end of the story. And in fact, that's one of the things we're working on during Lent. We're trying to break free from focusing so much on the things of earth. Back to the story. Elijah then appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. And we we see the representation of the law represented by Moses and the prophets, the prophet Elijah. So we see how first God gave his people the law, the Ten Commandments, and then after that, he would repeatedly send prophets, give his message to the prophets who would deliver God's word to the people. The last of the Old Testament prophets was John the Baptist. And after that, we get the Messiah, the ultimate messenger from the Lord who reveals God the Father to us in the fullest way possible, and that's Jesus. So we see Jesus conversing with Elijah 
and Moses. So there's a link to the past. He's, he's uniting the past with the present. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, and I really like this because I can relate to Peter here. Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Peter didn't want to leave. Peter got that glimpse of heaven and didn't want to leave. And I think you and I, as we struggle during Lent, you know, Lent is not typically a time of celebration. It's a penitential season. It's a time to recognize that we have strayed from the path the Lord wants us to travel. You know, it's a recognition that we we are distracted by other things, putting other things in the place of God. But we want to never lose sight of the fact that heaven awaits us. And Peter saw it. And it was so good that he didn't want to leave. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. So we see that God the Father along with the cloud, speaking. The Holy Spirit is is symbolized by that cloud. We see God the Father. We see Jesus. This is the entire Trinity up on that mountain. And what does the Father say? This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. That's a reminder for us to listen to the words of Jesus as it continues also through the teaching of his church. That's a reminder for us. Listen to him. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. And this is another reminder. We've got several reminders throughout the scriptures of the apostles not quite getting it. They didn't quite get what Jesus was telling them so many times. They missed the point. But they stuck with him, and he was patient with them. But we got to remember that, you know, we, we can go off in a number of different directions. But that's why I want to look at the first reading and the response to Psalm, the second reading as well, because I believe the theme today that the church wants us to concentrate on is the fact that death is defeated through the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't ever lose sight of that. You know, Lent, yes, a time of maybe sacrifice, of not the most pleasant time in the world, but certainly a necessary time. But it's not, there's more to life than just the difficulties and suffering we encounter on earth. There's heaven, which is going to be free of any problems. We will we'll be with God in perfect happiness. Let's look to the first reading now it's from Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. This is a brutal reading, but see if you can come up with the connection between this and the gospel. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. Now, remember, This is brutal because Abraham was promised many descendants. Abraham was old. You know, God didn't first call Abraham until he was 75, and he was 100 when his wife Sarah 
delivered their child, Isaac. And here God is telling Abraham to sacrifice the son to whom he promised, whom he promised would be the source of many descendants. But here's the thing that we need to remember. And there's some pieces missing to this, but ultimately, ultimately, we got to remember that Abraham trusted God. I know this is a crazy reading. This drives a lot of people bonkers when they hear it. But God, this is an example. This is a striking example of what it means to have radical faith and trust in the Lord. Because Abraham believed that his son would be resurrected from the dead if he had gone through with the killing. That's the faith that God, that Abraham had in God. And again, the very first verse here, we're told that God put Abraham to the test. He is constantly, and he does this with us, trying to help us to grow in faith. That requires testing. Sometimes I don't like that. Most of the time I don't like that, and you might be with me. But that's the way our faith grows. This opportunity was given to Abraham to help him to grow in faith. Abraham came out of this a different person. So, resuming the story, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered, do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and he took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me, your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Now, there was a piece missing. You know, a lot of times these these Sunday, even daily Mass readings, the church cuts out pieces of the passage in order to make it more clear, uh, to make a certain point more clear. In this particular passage, there was a piece missing where Abraham told his servants, I'm going to go sacrifice my son and we will come back down from the mountain. Abraham believed that he and Isaac would come down from the mountain. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he believed in the power of God to deliver on his promise. He said, you're going to give me descendants. I'm willing to sacrifice my son, and I know you're still going to be able to do it. That's how Abraham believed. And you see the end result here. Abraham was blessed because he obeyed. Now, when you look at this first reading and you pair it with the gospel, what do you see? You see a father sacrificing his only son, and that son was ultimately given back to him. Death did not take the life of Isaac. And in the gospel, we're reminded that the son of God, even though he would be put to death, he 
revealed himself to his apostles in his heavenly glory, in his glorified state. Why? Because death was defeated by Jesus. He rose from the dead. He showed them what he would look like as he was alive. You know, they're not going to remember or when they're looking at him on the cross, crucified, murdered. They could think back to this transfiguration experience and remember what he looked like in heaven. What does that mean to you and I? Jesus is alive. He is not dead. Let's never forget that. The psalm, the responsorial psalm, Psalm 116, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, not the land of the dead, the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Remember, not the land of the dead, but the land of the living. Why? Because death is defeated by our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's get this second reading in now. It's not too long. Romans 8, beginning in chapter 31. St. Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? This is proof of how much God loves us. The fact that he sent his son to die for us so that the gates of heaven could be open and you and me, we can live there one day. Uh, Finishing up this reading, Paul writes, who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. So this reminder of Jesus dying and rising from the dead is once again pointed out in this second reading. Death is defeated. Yes, death for us can be painful, It's hard to be separated from our loved ones. It it involves the unknown, so it can be scary. But remember, death, because of what Jesus did on the cross and, and the fact that he rose from the dead, death has been transformed. It's the gateway to heaven now. And that's the life, ultimately, that you and I are all called, are called to live, this life forever in heaven. That's why during Lent, we look at our practices, our habits, things that need to change, how we can get closer to Jesus to follow him better because he wants to lead us to that eternal life in heaven. Okay, I got it all in. That's pretty good. I want to thank you for tuning in today. We just got about a minute left in the program. Again, don't forget to sign up for the daily email reflection. Let not your heart be troubled. We're shifting over to give up worry for Lent. So feel free to sign up. I'd love to have you along. It's still not too late. Just go to followingthetruth.com and and sign up for my daily email. It's also not too late to get the book, Give Up Worry for Lent. We're we're still relatively early in the season. If you need anything, please email me, Gary at followingthetruth.com. And as I said at the start of the program, let's pray for one another. Pray for me as I travel to spread the good news. And I'm going to pray for you. Ultimately, for me, I want to share Jesus with others. I want to draw people closer to Jesus. 
But I also want to have a good Lent myself. I want to make sure I emerge from Lent closer to Jesus than when I went in. So I could use your prayers as well. If you'd like to give a donation to my full-time ministry, it would really, really help me. You can do that by going to followingthetruth.com. Just click on Donate, and you can donate securely through PayPal. That would mean a lot if you're able to do that. God willing, I plan to be back with you next week on this show. Let's continue to walk through Lent together. Let's pray for one another. And remember, by what Jesus did, his actions on the cross, rising, death has been defeated. God bless you. Talk to you next time. 